0: Our scripture this morning is from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, as we continue our study through the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 16. While you're turning, let me just say, I already told my Sunday school class, but uh, uh, I'm hoarse this morning. Let me just say it is not because I am sick, it is because I spent a lot of time Friday night screaming at the sorriest officiating crew I have ever seen in my entire life. God have mercy on their souls. Would you please stand now for the reading of Scripture? If you happen to be friends with anybody that refed that game Friday night, you tell them that your preacher said they need to find another line of work. <laughs> Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received, to receive as an inheritance. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of His Holy Word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your holy word, and we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would come and speak to us, that we would hear the voice of our good shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that hearing his voice, we would know him and follow him and offer ourselves to him promptly and sincerely, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me see you, <clears throat> Living faith. I had a friend, Mr. Norman Smith, who is now with the Lord, who flew in numerous bombing missions over Germany in the Second World War. He operated the radio, he flew in B 24s, and I believe he also flew in B 17s. I never asked him or any other veteran to tell me about his experiences, but I also would go to his house hoping that he would voluntarily be inclined to tell me some stories. One story he told was not about his combat experience, but his training. As you may know, the great actor Jimmy Stewart was also a great American patriot, who was the first big-name star in Hollywood to volunteer for the service in World War II. Being an experienced pilot and insisting that he not receive special treatment due to his celebrity status, Stewart flew B-24s in bombing missions over Germany in the United States Army Air Force, as it was known then. Well, Mr. Smith liked to tell about how his outfit received some of their training from Jimmy Stewart himself. He said they were somewhat nervous being around this larger-than-life celebrity, but he commented on how down-to-earth Stewart was, which is no surprise to those of us that have seen some of his movies. And he also talked about what a good instructor Jimmy Stewart was You see Jimmy Stewart was one of the most famous men in the whole world but old boy from Pelham South Carolina learned a lot from him And in this 11th chapter of Hebrews the author brings together numerous saints from the Old Testament some fairly obscure names and some of the most well-known names in all history and here he brings up one of the biggest names of all. Understanding that all names fail in comparison to the name of Jesus. And that's Abraham. When it comes to the subject of faith and faith is the subject of Hebrews 11, there is no bigger name than Abraham. He is called the father of the faithful. But just as my friend could learn from Jimmy Stewart, though none of us is on the level of Abraham, we can learn a lot from him we can learn how to live by faith and we can learn what a true living faith is now let's get to it first in this passage we see the life of the faithful the life of the faithful look at verse 8 by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where it was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Now look at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. God called Abraham to leave his home in Ur of the Chaldees, and Abraham left. He did not know where he was going, but he went. And all his life, he was a stranger and an exile or a pilgrim on this earth. And we know God is not going to deal with us in just the same way he did with Abraham. How could any of us have to leave Carolina to go to the promised land when Carolina is the promised land? But seriously, the focus of the text is Abraham's faith. No matter how God chooses to deal with us, we are to respond in faith as Abraham did. And there are two clear realities to his faith in this passage. First, he was a stranger in this world. If you have true faith in God, you are a stranger in this world, even in the great state of South Carolina. You're not at home here. During the brief period that I ever lived out of North or South Carolina, there were things that I appreciated about the other place. There were some things that I enjoyed, but the only way I could describe it is I always felt like I was 500 miles from home. I don't remember one second of the time I lived out of the Carolinas that I did not feel. I was 500 miles from home. Older I get, I'm starting to feel that way even by North and South Carolina. And Carolina is my home and always will be as far as this earth goes. It does not mean you are miserable in the world. It does not mean that there's nothing you can't enjoy in this world. It does mean that if you have true faith in God, you will never be totally comfortable in this world. Scripture says that the devil is the God of this world. You understand, that's a little g God. He's not the equal of God by any stretch. But it's a picture of the power the devil has in this world. And we simply cannot belong to God and feel too comfortable in a world in which the devil has so much power. influence and the second thing we learn about Abraham's faith is that he did not know where God was leading him but he trusted the God who was leading him it says at the end of verse 8 that he did not know where he was going but he followed. We don't know what path God will lead us down, but we know that the God who is leading us down that path is trustworthy. You see, true faith cannot be in our circumstances, but in the God who controls our circumstances. We have seen that before in this chapter. We'll see it again and again. It's so central to what faith is. It is faith in the person of God. That's the life of the faithful. Secondly, in this passage, we see the home of the faithful, the home of the faithful. Look at verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Now look at verse 14. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Now, this is clear. Not even the promised land was the hope and final destination of Abraham or his descendants. Abraham was looking for something else. He was looking for a heavenly city whose builder and maker is God. He did not leave the only home he'd ever known because he knew anything about the land God was sending him to. He left simply because God told him to go. And what he really wanted was to be close to God. You see, the Promised Land, like the Garden of Eden in the very beginning, was a picture. It was a shadow of the ultimate heavenly reality. It is all about being <clears throat> in the presence of God. That's why we come here and gather to worship God, to be with His people. It's a shadow of what heaven will be like. And it says at the end of verse 16 that God has prepared for them a city. He's prepared for them a city. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. That's heaven. To be with Jesus. The one who has opened the new and living way. His own flesh. His own sacrifice of himself. He is the one who loves us and gave himself for us. He is the one who prepared that city for us. The author of Hebrews says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high and that is our home for that is where he is. For where I live. There's one thing that's more important to me than living in South Carolina. And that is to live in a home with Anna. My home is where my wife is. Even more than this place that I love so dearly. God has prepared a place where his people will be with him forever. That's their home. So we see the life of the faithful. We see the home of the faithful. Thirdly, In this passage, we see the God of the faithful. Look at verse 16 again. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. It says, God is not ashamed to be called their God. You remember at the burning bush, how the Lord introduced himself to Moses. He said, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You know, when we baptize a baby or a new convert, God puts his name on them. The name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. But God not only puts his name on us, he takes our name on him. He identified himself. As the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He is the God of his people. You remember when Jesus was raised that he said to Mary, I go to my father and your father. To my God and your God. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has bound himself to his people, sealed in the blood of the covenant, the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. We can call the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. Because of the work of the one perfect, obedient, only begotten Son of God. And so He is our God. You see, the life of the faithful, the home of the faithful, the God of the faithful. And fourthly and finally, we see the death of the faithful. Look at verse 13. <clears throat> These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. They died in faith. It says they had not received everything before. They died. Jesus had not yet come, but they died in faith. There's so much in here, but I want to concentrate on one thing. They died as they lived. They lived by faith. They died in faith. (laughs) One cannot die in faith if one has not lived in faith. When it says they had not yet received the promises but saw them afar off, that means they trusted Jesus Christ before he came into the world plain and simple. Paul says there is coming a day When the dead in Christ shall rise. The way to be among the dead in Christ is to be among those who live in Christ. And the way to live in Christ is by faith. Faith alone. And there's a perfect illustration of this right in this passage. If you go back and look at verse 11. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Abraham and Sarah were physically incapable at their age of having children. But though he was as good as dead, Abraham trusted God. Sarah trusted God. That's faith. Trusting God to do what we cannot do ourselves. I can no more get myself into that city he has prepared than Abraham or Sarah. On their own. Could have had Isaac. But the cry of faith is I trust someone else. I trust Jesus Christ and him alone. When a great hymn writer and preacher, John Newton, wrote Amazing Grace, we all know, when he lay dying, in his later years, his, his old age, his friends, many friends, some had come to be with him, his mind had been bad for years. And when he came to the end, he said to his friends who were with him, I have now old. And cannot remember much. But I can still remember two things. That I am a great sinner. And Jesus Christ is a great Savior. And He died in faith. you want to die that way and live that way. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.